This old-time radio program was originally aired live, long before the advent of high fidelity. As a result, you may detect an occasional surface noise or volume drop due to transmission problems so common to old radio. We hope, however, that any variance in audio quality will not take away from your pleasure in listening to this, one of the all-time favorite shows. My guest today is Bruce Buffer, known as the veteran voice of the Octagon. You've seen him as the longtime official announcer for the UFC. In addition, Bruce manages his older brother Michael, famous also as a ring announcer, with his popular catchphrase, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. You can see Bruce in his weekly podcast, It's Time. Coming up after the break, Sensory Deprivation with Bruce Buffer. Hey, how about a movie Hi. tonight, huh? shave you're wearing. Gah! You high karate have to shave is so powerful. It drives women right out of their minds. That's why we have to put instructions on self-defense in every package. High karate, the brisk splash-on after shave that smooths and soothes and cools. High karate, after shave, cologne and gift sets. High karate, be careful how you use it. So, Bruce, thank you so much. Again, I just want to thank you for being on the show. And I wanted to kind of give our listeners an idea of uh, – everyone's going to know your voice, obviously, but give us a little bit of background of, of who you are and, and what you do. Sure. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to it. Um, my name is Bruce Buffer. I'm a sports and entertainment announcer uh, internationally all around the world. I'm known mostly for my – being the voice of the Octagon and the Ultimate Fighting Championship, or what most people know as the UFC. And um, I've, you know, obviously done that for many years, 24 years to be exact, come February. And as a result, uh, have been in many films and TV shows and worked for various forms of sports, from boxing to NFL, MLB, hockey, tennis, you name it. I think I've done it. I'm a brand builder and I manage my brother, the famous... Uh, legendary announcer, Michael Buffer, who's known for his famous phrase, let's get ready to rumble. And that's the crazy thing is that, you know, initially when I was telling my girlfriend that you were going to be on, she thought that uh, you and Michael were the same person because she knew the last name Buffer. And, and it was <laughs> like, there's no way, there's no way that two brothers could both become these legendary figures and really almost in different paths because you didn't, uh, you didn't know your brother for a long portion of your life. I never even knew he existed. I basically had a half-brother out there that at the age of 29, I found out that uh, was my brother from my father, the same father, and my dad, who was married to my mother for some 35 or more years, never had told me that during World War II, a brief marriage ensued and a child was born. And it's just something that kept quiet because the last time he saw him was when he was two, two and a half years old. One of those stories, you know, nothing bad. I mean, bad in respect that they didn't stay together, but Michael was raised by a wonderful foster family named Huber, 
and then um, his mother had passed at his early age. And he was raised by the foster family. And then when he went into the Vietnam War, when he was drafted, uh, they said, your name is not Buffer. Your name is, excuse me, your name is not Huber. It's Buffer because that's what your birth certificate reads. So they changed his name to Michael Buffer back. And had that not happened, we might not even be having this conversation. It's weird how little things like that just kind of happen. And, and, you know, I can't imagine just having my name all of a sudden say, okay, well, this is this is your identity now. So enjoy, go forward, you know. It's such a, yeah. a strange thing. It's funny because one time I was in Minnesota doing a UFC show and this hotel uh, person came up to me and his name tag said Buffer, right? Okay. And he said, oh, I've been waiting to meet you. I said, you know, I don't want any more relatives. Because he would be very far-fetched for me. And I, I've already gone through it once and who knows where that name came from, but we were I was very polite, but I didn't care to like explore it any further. Yeah, man, who, you, you don't want the competition either. Who knows, you know uh, what I mean? <laughs> I'm not worried about competition, you know, bring it on. That's, I'll take on anybody. Don't worry about it. Well, now, so at this point when you eventually did meet your brother, you had already been a successful businessman. You've pretty much always been a successful entrepreneur. I, I had my first corporation when I was 19 and never looked back. I uh, graduated high school, went to college, but I never went back to college after my second year because I was studying business and accounting and, and things around, you know, getting out there in the business world. But I got involved in the telemarketing world and started my first company when I was 19. And I'd go to school from, excuse me, I go to work from six in the morning till, till one in the afternoon. I go to school from two to 10 at night. And I was making a lot of money, more money than some people probably even dream of, you know, in their 20s and at a very early age. And I thought to myself, you know, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to stop. I'm going to learn it in the streets. If I don't get where I want to be within two to three years, I'll go back to college. And I never went back to college. I don't really think one has to go to college. It teaches knowledge, but it does not teach application. You might think exactly. some of the labs they give you. But you got to get out of the street and prove yourself. Well, and you have to have the drive. You have to have the motivation, and you have to have the discipline, you know? And it yeah, seems like in, in your life, you did. You you are a black belt in kickboxing, right? Uh, it's not kickboxing. I'm a second-degree black belt in Tongsudo. I have another black belt in a hybrid-style jiu-jitsu do. Um, and I trained uh, those jiu-jitsu guys in striking. I'm not a black belt in jiu-jitsu, but I was awarded a black belt by the sensei. But I kickboxed very heavily for, you know, not as a pro, uh, but I kickboxed very heavily and very, very diligently and disciplined for over 10 years until uh, – couple or concussions basically forced me to get out of the sparring and the fighting end and just train. I've always that's, stayed in shape. I train every day. That's incredible. And I mean, that kind of discipline, though, I, I read that you surf as well. I mean, we're both California guys. I'm in Venice all the time doing it. And it's one of those things that, you know, you learn through uh, just mistakes and, and wiping out over and over. And it's a great analogy for life almost. But you, because you grew up in Malibu, right? Yeah, I grew up in Philadelphia. Um, and Texas, but Philadelphia is my hometown, but we moved okay. to Malibu when I was 15. Okay and, okay. and it was a transition and a bit of a culture shock. You know, I never, I've seen surfing in France when I was 11. I told myself one day I will learn how to surf. And then I get out there and I see these great waves. And then I see all these beautiful girls, not that we didn't have <laughs> Philadelphia, but you know, my hormones were flying. All I could think about was learning how to surf and losing my virginity, but right. first. <laughs> so, and then, you're here in Malibu. You're starting these businesses, and you meet Bruce, or you meet Michael, rather, and you kind of pitched him the whole idea to to manage his whole image and to get the trademark for Let's Get Ready to Rumble, and and really, I would say, changed his life almost just as much as it changed yours. Yeah, it was a meeting of uh, it, it was a, it was a great historic meeting in respect to the fact that we're long lost half brothers, and then over the course of forty years, 
running two companies, being successful, be having a beach house on the Marina Peninsula right near Venice where you serve, right between Fleet and Galleon, a quarter mile down the Venice Pier. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's where I lived for 16 years, another another house like a block away from the beach for another 10 years or more. Um, growing up in Malibu, surfing every, every single day, Hawaii, you name it. Uh, but, you know, it's like I had all this money coming in and I had this great lifestyle. I was young, not that I'm, you know, not that, I'm not young now or whatever, but I'm 62. I'm not exactly young. But back then, it's like, oh, great. You're living the life of Riley. Everything's incredible. But I was burned out. Okay. And I was going to work every day, and it wasn't the way that I wanted it. I like to design my life that I live with passion. And the reason I love what I do now is everything I do I love. So it's a lifestyle. When I wake up, I'm living my life. I'm not just showering, getting dressed, and going to work. I don't say that there's anything wrong with that, but I wish on everybody that they could monetize the passions they have in life. And that allows you that when you do get knocked down and you go to, do go through the obstacles of life, and like Rocky would say, you get knocked down on the canvas, you've got to get up and you've got to punch harder than you've ever punched. And if you're not into what you're doing, you're not going to have that want to do that. And then you're just going to be like potentially, and I know it's the proper term, but you'll just be like a follower. You know, there, life is made up of, 100% of the people that dream and dream about their goals. And in my motivational speeches, I'm, I believe that 2% of the people put those goals and really fulfill them and put them into action. So it's one thing to think about them. It's another thing to step on that path and accomplish them and reach them. And those are the people that make up probably your, your high-income earners, the, the corporate heads, the leaders. But the thing is, the other 90% of the people out of, the, out of that theory of 98.2 are just as important because life is a pyramid. And just like, every, you know, not a pyramid scheme, those are out there, a pyramid. And so families are pyramids. At the top are the parents and, and the, the heads of the family leading down to the grandchildren and the cousins and everything. Well, in a corporate world or a business world, you've got the CEO on top and the president, the vice president, the sales managers, and all the way down to the people that pack the boxes and answer the phones and do all the clerical work, which makes up the base. If that base is not strong, the whole thing falls apart. So everybody is just as important but not everybody can be a leader because then there'll be no people that do the bottom work. You know, the, the exactly. So it's it's a team effort in life. Well, you know, there's that old saying that satisfaction is the death of desire. So how do you, you know, you say that it's it's a matter of passion going forward, but now that you've reached this this particular phase of of your life goal and your life dream, how do you keep striving to go forward and, and keep climbing and keep that forward momentum and not just fall into that trap of, I'm satisfied, I'm good, Let's, you know, I can just kind of coast from here? Coasting doesn't really excite me. It actually lets me down. I love the challenge. I am the type of person wake up every day as a salesman mentality I have. I'm like, like Alec Baldwin. I was like that in the, my old telemarketing days in the great movie, Glengarry, Glen Ross. Oh, yeah. Yeah. ABC, always be closing, you know, coffee's for closers, you know, that, all that kind of stuff, lunches for wimps. It's not that that's all true, but it's the theory behind it. And if I, when I'm in a classroom or when I'm in a setting where people are talking, I don't want to be in the audience. I want to be at the front of the class. I want to be on the stage. It's just my mentality. I'm a born leader. Natural but it's something, it's something that you've always kind of known that you were on this path going in yes. a certain direction. You just didn't necessarily know the destination, but you knew it was somewhere big, and you knew that you had to go through these motions to achieve it. Yeah, you're never too old. I didn't find out what I truly wanted to do until I was 37 years old, and I was very successful all up until that point. But, you know, 
it's the type of thing where, again, getting back to it, creating a lifestyle. And I like challenges. I'll give you an example of the challenge I just did. Uh, last Tuesday, last Wednesday of this week, I love stand-up comedy. Mm-hmm. I've been going to the comedy store clubs here in L.A. since 1976. I've seen every comedian you can possibly imagine, such as Jim Carrey at 18 years old with pimples wow. starting on stage. Okay, that's so cool. And thinking he was most one of the most amazing, talented people I've ever seen. I've always had this bucket list of wanting to be part of the stand-up comedy because I, I love it. It's a great night out. It's a great day. It's everything. So I created something I don't really have time to, and but I created the time, the It's Time Comedy Night. So I'm not a comic. I don't pretend to be. But I put together a five-minute routine with my partner who's a professional comic, and I got top-notch comics there. And last Wednesday night, I hit a bucket list. I started the It's Time Comedy Night, which is something I'm going to do probably six to 12 times a year, maybe taking on the road. And this is a That's a great idea. Yeah, it's a passionate project that I'm going to monetize, and I'll make money out of it. But I'm not concerned about the money right now because, you know, I'm, I'm in a good position. But that allows me to not be concerned to where I will make the money. I have a theory in life. It's three to theory. If everybody around me is happy, making money and healthy, and I'm part of that or supportive of that, then I think it all comes back to me, and it does. Well, and that's a great analogy because truly that's that's it right there. If you've got a team around you that is succeeding off of your success as well, then they're going to keep staying motivated and everything is going to, you know, the, the gears are going to keep well-oiled and be in motion. Exactly so true. When you were, that was at the Laugh Factory, right, just this Wednesday? Yes, the Laugh Factory, exactly. So, you know, that's, even though you've done all these different type of announcing situations, you get up there on stage, is there ever, at this point in your career, is there ever a time when, a little bit of that anxiety or a little bit of that nervousness that something new still pops in? It's funny you say that because Kristen, who you know, um, you've been communicating with my partner, yeah. my vice president of my company. She was there, and, you know, she's my best friend, too. We're, we have an amazing relationship. Um, I'm godfather to her children. That's how oh, wow, her. that's awesome. Yeah, well, we've been together. Here's an example. She's a woman that I dated very closely 24 years ago, and we broke up because I wasn't ready to step down to the level of marriage at the time, but we stayed friends. She's an incredible woman. And we wound up, we've been working side by side for 22 years in my home offices here at the beach. Wow. And um, I help. I'm second father to her children. She has a great husband. You know, relationships are important in life. When you, you, you make so few friends in life that will take a bullet for you, if yeah. you recognize who they are, and get rid of the people that drag you down. Just cut them out, right? Stay yeah. around positive people. That's truly your team, right there. You know, well, it's I like a rogue. It's like a rogue wave almost. There's people out there that they will take the momentum from the waves in front of them and behind them to, you know, make their own uh, success in life. You got to be a good friend. But getting back to your question, she asked me that night. We were at the comedy show. Are you nervous? Are you nervous? You know, everybody was nervous, and I, I wasn't because I. Honestly, I was doing something I'd never done before in my life. I remember I'd been on stage so much. Right. Was I a little nervous? It's like getting in a fight. As soon as you get hit, boom, all goes out the door. The yeah, you know, it's autopilot. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you got to go forward. And I have a theory in life. It's called BSC, which stands for Ball Skill and Confidence. <laughs> and whether I'm sitting down at a poker table, which I do a lot, or whether I'm stepping out on stage to perform for the first time at a comedy club or a UFC. Um, if I don't have BSC together, then I better not walk out, you know? That's true. Got to have it all together. And every night I step in the octagon after 23 plus, about to be 24 years, this is this is my theory of success for myself, one of many. Um, 
I walk in there to prove to myself, to the people I work for, to the fighters and to the fans that I deserve this job. And that's just my theory of life. You'll never hear me say, oh, I did a great job at UFC 100 when I did a 360 in front of Brock Lesnar, right? That's past. That's done. I'm only as good as last night. I had a show two weeks ago, or last week, rather. I can't even remember where. It's like, if it's Tuesday, this must be Belgium. And that was, that was, oh, that was the big show in New York. And, and that was my last show. And I thought I hit it out of the park. But fine, that was then. This is now. i got to go to Brazil next week. Time for me to do it again. Well, you know, it's one of, like, uh, Steve McQueen. I know Steve McQueen was a big role in your life as well. And, and he's yes. someone that I've always idolized as someone that seems like he was just effortlessly calm and collected and even through adversity in life, he just maintains that demeanor. And, you know, he, he said uh, about the movie The Great Escape how that really should have been the title of the the movie about life in general is The Great Escape, you know, because one way or another we're always running from some part of ourselves, life being this long, difficult road. But you have to keep going. You have to find your passion or you'll fall by the wayside. Exactly. I mean, Steve was truly the example of Mr. Cool. And what you saw on screen pretty much is the man he was in person. And he was always cool. But if he got mad, he's throwing down, bro. You know, he's not <laughs> going to take any crap. I remember one night, remember Keith Moon from The Who? Of course. So Keith Moon was his neighbor on the beach. And he had, Steve lived in front of Trankis Point in Malibu, which I don't know if okay. you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I was a local there for, I still am if I want to go out there. So I surfed every day in front of his house there. And next door was Keith Moon. It would play his music ridiculously loud. I can imagine. We all know Moon was, you know, God knows what drug he was taking. That's right. Uh, Steve called him and said, turn down your music, you know, and he kept yelling from the, uh, then he finally went on the balcony, turn down your, you know, your effing music, please. <laughs> and Moon comes out on the balcony and said, you want me to turn down my music? And he <laughs> meant to throw his entire stereo system off the Oh, of the my house, God. Down onto the rocks below the house. Wow. How, but, hey, come on, how rock and roll is that? I mean, really. That's like that was, he sat out the window at the riot house in Hollywood, you know? Man. Well, so let's just assume that there's people out there that dream of, of being an announcer, that dream, and, you know, dream of having the kind of uh, position that you're in now in life. What would be the – if you had to suggest just the first couple of steps uh, for someone that wants to pursue something like that, what would it even be just, you know, just to get their foot in the right direction? Sure. Well, the first thing is um, – you want to develop your own distinct style. Sure, look at all the people out there doing it. People always copy my legendary brother, Michael Buffer. I get into the business. If anybody could copy somebody, obviously I would be the perfect candidate. But I told myself that if I didn't develop my own style within two to three years, that it wasn't for me and I'd get out of it. I wasn't going to be Michael Buffer like Frank Sinatra Jr. I wasn't going to hang around. Right. No offense to Frank Sinatra Jr. does a great job or did a great job. But you could have um, lived in the shadow or you could have created your yeah. own. No, I'm the type of person I want to be known for Bruce Buffer, not for being somebody else. So observe, and this stands for anything you go into in life, whether it's to be a CEO or, you know, when I walked into my first telemarketing company, I saw the top salesman. I said, I'm going to beat this guy in the next two weeks. And I did. I became the top salesman. I saw the sales manager making even more money sitting back cushy. And I said, I want that job. And I had that job in three months. So what you do is you Look at the people that are successful in the field you want to choose. In this case, an example, announcing. Look at the different styles. One thing you should do is dress for success, look classy, not cheesy, look classy. You know, I have all my clothes specially designed, but I'm at a point where I can afford to do that. But at least right. look classy, you know, and get out there, work on your voice, and basically be yourself and have fun, right? And it's a very difficult industry to get into. Why? There's not that many jobs out there. 
But if you enjoy public speaking, start off within a five-mile radius or 20-mile radius of geographical region in which you live. Nobody is going to pay to fly you to Chicago if you live in Philadelphia. Right. Okay? So look around. I don't care if it's a high school gymnasium and you get out there and you're the commentator for a basketball game or maybe you get a job announcing, you know, something around. Just get as many reps as you can. Get your film and video together, your pictures, get some tape. And once you're confident, then put together a promo tape. And when you hear five promotions are developing in your area or something, then submit yourself and go for it. You'll never get a job unless you ask for it. Nobody yeah. can knock on your door and hand you anything. And if they do, it's usually a scam. And if if they're holding back due to anxiety or, or fear of failure, is there anything that any tips you would have for that? You just have to believe in yourself. And as a salesman, there was a guy out there, a motivational speaker, and, and even though I'm a motivational speaker, all of us pretty much say the same thing. We just say it in our own way. Mm -hmm. Zig Ziglar put it in a really good way, which is you need 10 no's to get a yes. When you get rejected, I know it's hard, but it's part of the process. So accept it, smile, and say, great, I'm getting closer to where I want to be. It's a reverse theory of thought, right? Somebody is going to get that job. Somebody is going to win that lottery. Somebody is going to have to. There's always a job for everybody, but you've got to keep punching. And you also need to be realistic. Look in the mirror every day and be realistic. Is this really the job for me? Is this really? You've got to accept it. Then the other side of the coin is this is the job for me. I'm going to get out there and set a goal for yourself. Set a time limit like I did. You know, it's not a race. It's not a marathon. you got to get there. If someone is listening right now that's suffering, you know, perhaps through withdrawal or, or bad depression, a bad breakup, or perhaps they, they've lost a really important job in life, and they're just struggling to get their minds together, you know, do you ha have any uh, tips just for getting through that moment that tomorrow's another day, you know, and that things do get better? Like, you know, how have, how have you dealt with that in your life? Well, my dad always taught me win like you're used to and lose like it doesn't bother you, but it always bothers you a little bit. Of course, we're only human. And the times I felt down, I'm, from things I've read, the danger part is that that depression, if you're feeling, lasts longer than three days, and you're probably suffering from depression in some way, shape, or form. Right. Recognize what it is that's depressing you, you know, as best you can. And it's hard sometimes because it's a real ugly monster, you know. But if you live in the past, say where you've maybe failed or whatever, think about your past successes and you have to fail first before you can learn to succeed. So there's nothing wrong with failing. The first time you do something, it's an experience. And if it's something that's wrong, you learn from that experience. Now, if you do that same thing again, then you've made a mistake. So you want to avoid making mistakes, but there's no harm in gaining experience. So That's true. And I really feel that it's the type of thing that you have to believe in yourself. I'm not, what I'm about to say is not religious, so don't misinterpret it. I believe that we are all our own God, okay, with respect to whoever is listening and whoever's out there, your religion, whoever your God is, I say God bless you. And what I mean by that is I hope that your God, whether you're Jewish, Buddhist, Catholic, Protestant, I hope your God blesses you and gives you the, the strength to move forward. But remember one key thing. When a decision comes down, you are the governor of your own destiny. Spelled out the way I do it, that's G-O-D. I right. am my own God. I am the ultimate God to myself. Why? 
because I take responsibility for every decision I make. I'm the one to make. Nobody made it for me. True. Right? I made the decision myself. Now, you can sit back and say, God, give me strength and hope for everything, and I hope that works for you. But ultimately, when you move forward, when you sign that check, when you sign that document, when you say yes or you say no, it is you that made that decision. Therefore, you assume full responsibility, learn from it, and be the best you can be. It's a waste of time. I can get back to the 98% two theory. 100% of us think and dream and everybody else. 2% put it into action. I want to be one of the 2%. I've been that way since I was a kid. Well, my dad, when I walked in a room, my dad, who was a Marine for 13 years, drone instructor, served in World War II in Korea, I would say, I was six, and I'd say, Dad, how are you? Son, project <laughs> your voice. Let them know you're in the room. I, I got that all the time. That might be a little harsh for some, but, and maybe it was a little harsh for me, but you know what? I am who I am because of that man and because of my mom. And it Absolutely. does start at home. It does start at home. I hope everybody had a good upbringing, and we all know that's not always the case. What's something that you think you need to tell yourself today? Uh, today, I actually have uh, two goals today, which is I can't talk about it because I don't like talking about things I haven't accomplished. Um, tell myself today, here, you know where it's time comes from? My, my trademark phrase is time. Every day well, I wake up, before I ever started staying at the UFC, I look in the mirror and say, it's time. I just want to have the greatest day I can, right? I want to be a good person today. I want to see my my family, my loved ones, you know, brighten up their lives. I want to close these two deals that I want to get on the phone today. I want to have a great workout. And I have a date tonight, and I'm looking forward to a nice dinner date. So that's my day. So how can we follow this journey of yours? I know you've got social media. You have a podcast as well. It's time. And, and then the comedy, this, these comedy tours that you're going to be doing gradually uh, as time progresses. Thanks. I appreciate it very much. And I've got some other projects coming out on the Ambassador for Poker Stars, you know, I'm, I'm known to be a semi-pro poker player. I've played on almost every TV show except for uh, high-stakes poker. Um, I'm going to uh, Brazil and to announce the UFC next week and come back. Ten days later, I go back to play poker for five days, be the representative, hopefully win some money, have a great time, have fun. Nice. Um, and uh, there's some other things I just can't talk about. Oh, I just released a, my own slot machine. I'm not telling people to go out and gamble. Wow, people nice. People out there that... <laughs> That suffer from certain levels of obsession, but on the internet, the It's Time slot machine is in all the um, pretty much every major gaming site that offers online uh, gaming machine gambling. And I have my own slot machine that was made with my image and everything else that came out in September. And I'm going to be releasing uh, two other major products that I'm being that I'm backing next year. Uh, and aside from that, I'm just focusing on the UFC, which is just growing like crazy. Oh, nonstop. And I have a weekend off. I'm going to take my godson and my nephew and a couple of their friends. They're 11 and 14. And Kristen and I were going to see Logan Paul fight uh, Box KSI. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I tell you what. I know that you reserved that uh, buffer bow for people that you admire in life. But I want to take this opportunity to give you my personal bow. And oh. I, th I think that you should give yourself a bow for all the great things that you've accomplished all the great things you're going to continue to accomplish and and for the role you've played as a service to others just through you know being an inspiration and, and being an example of of a good person as well as a, an incredible businessman and thank i cannot you. thank you enough for for being a part of the show no thank you your words are very kind and very sincerely accepted i appreciate it I'd, I'd like to tell you one more thing every all of us in life need motivation and motivation can come from self-motivation which some of us struggle to do so Sometimes you need somebody in your face, like I get in the fighter's face and I introduce them and, and make them feel like the greatest warrior and has that moment before they go put their blood, sweat, tears on the line to do battle with the other guy or woman that's going to take their, wants to take their head off. 
Right. So if you go to BruceBuffer.com, my website, I started this a couple of years ago. Kristen and I developed this business, and one Christmas I started making championship introductions in audios and videos where I introduce you like a world champion in the cage or the octagon. And you, it makes you feel, hopefully, if you're a UFC fan, like a million bucks. I also do this maybe for your business. You could be a real estate executive, you know, or maybe you're not feeling well. And, you know, whatever, you can send any – you can either do the standard championship introduction on the form or you can send an email through the site, which Kristen will respond to, with what you would like me to record on video or audio for you. We all need a little motivation. I even have one to myself that I play. And it, it, it jacks me up, you know? So I, I, I think we all need a little bit of motivation here and there because we're all champions of the world. Whether you are the best at what you are doing, whether you're the number one or not, that's great. But if you're not, if you're just being the best you can be, like I say at the end of my podcast every week, when you step on that path, learn about what you want to do, research it, so that when you step on the path, you do the best job and be the best you can be. Now, if you become number one, great. If not, you're winning either way because you're doing the best and being the best you can be. Have confidence in yourself, believe in yourself, and always be willing to learn something new every day. Don't shut yourself off thinking you know everything because you know what? You don't. In poker, there's a term, five minutes to learn and a lifetime to master. You know what? That's life. Constantly. I need to learn something. That's my other goal today. I want to learn something. I'm 62 years old, and I'm still looking to, to better myself. I don't know how to put it any other way. Well, cheers to that. I think you should never stop learning, and absolutely cheers to being the best version of yourself every day and letting that version become better and better and better. And we do have down days because why? We're only human, but it doesn't last forever. It's like a punch in the face. Get up and punch back. Yeah, and tomorrow's another day, and you just keep mm-hmm. swinging and, and keep doing the best you can. If you live in the past and dwell on your failures and dwell on your negativity and dwell on your depressions and your substance abuse and everything you've done, then you're going to continue to live in the past. I know it's tough. People that suffer from substance abuse, I've heard a, a stat that if they go to rehab centers, 10% pretty much are safe, where the other 90% fight the constant battle of falling back. I don't know if that's Pretty much, right. yeah. Yeah, so it's tough, and I understand that. So we all need motivation. We all need motivation. I hope that everybody listening has some friend or some family member that is there for them, as you are there for them, too. I had heard a rumor that you might be writing, like, a, a, a secondary memoir about business or something. I'd heard that from a, a comedian. Yeah, I, 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 I get approached for that, but I think in a couple of years I'm going to start writing. My first book was this time, my biography published by Random Mouse and Crown Books, like, I think, eight, seven, eight years ago. But I think after another couple of years with stuff that I've been through a lot recently, um, I think it's time again. And that'll be the oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. Well, Bruce, I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy the rest of your day. You've got a you know a wonderful little uh, day ahead of you, it sounds like, and I really appreciate your time. Thanks very much. You too, sincerely. Really appreciate right. it. Have a good one. Thank you. I want to thank everyone for listening and remind you to go to sensoryshow.com for information on new episodes and to send in any drawings or creations that represent you or through our Instagram at Radio Withdrawal, hashtag extrasensory, where you can see submissions from my guests as well as others. 
If you are struggling, or if you would like to get information on obtaining free mental health or addiction services in your state, please feel free to DM me anytime. And remember, you are never alone in this. Help is only a message away, and we are all in this together. I'd also like to take a moment to thank my sponsors, Sure Microphones, Rewind Audio for the best vintage hi-fi sales and rentals, Mario Badescu Skincare, Liquid Death Spring Water, Schaefer's Garment Hotel for the coolest denim on the planet, Sterling Assault, Vibes, Oxford Pennant, Rockin' Monkey Stickers, Lost in Time Designs for my amazing artwork, and Bit Apart for the incredible music. Please visit SensoryShow.com for more information on those sponsors and how to support them. Thanks for making this show possible.